G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There are significant developments in Southeast Asia with regard to the flexing of the muscles of Islam. Now, there are developments in places like the Philippines and in Indonesia and Malaysia. Dr. Peter Riddell is an expert on Islam and specialises in the Southeast Asian contexts. He's back with us today, previously taught at the Australian National University, also in Indonesia and at the London School of Oriental and African Studies and was appointed as Professor of Islamic Studies at the London School of Theology. These days he is Vice Principal Academic at the Melbourne School of Theology and is widely published on Christian-Muslim relations. Peter Riddell, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be back. Peter, one of the significant things that's happened has to do with the nation of the Philippines, where there was an uprising of ISIL, uh, Islam, in the uh, city of Marawi. Uh, That's been, in some ways, stamped out by the Philippine government. Yes, indeed. That was a, a terrible case, actually, Neil. It was a a case of uh, the of how expanding Islamic radicalism manifests itself uh, in different parts of the world, and as um, the Islamic State was losing ground in um, in the Middle East, in Syria and Iraq, at the same time it was gaining ground in the Philippines. And so earlier this year, a group of radicals who were inspired by the activities of Islamic State in the Middle East, and indeed reinforced by some of them, some of the very same foot soldiers. Uh, they took over Marawi City in the southern Philippines on the island of Mindanao and uh, conducted a reign of terror which lasted five months. They held several thousand people hostages. Quite a number of people were, were killed by the, uh, by the insurgents and the Philippines government sent in their military forces to retake the city and it took five months and over a thousand people were killed in the process. Now, as I say, it was a classic case of uh, radical Islam, uh, an ideology that's manifesting itself around the world, claiming territory, uh, wanting to set up Islamic states where they rule by Sharia law and a reign of terror, uh, and having to be suppressed by uh, military force. Uh, and that's recently been the outcome with uh, the Philippines government regaining Marawi City. Now, this just happened mid-October, and the government troops, they stormed the hideout there where there were the remainder of those Islamic militants. Uh, President Duterte in the Philippines doesn't mess around, does he? He's a man of action. He sent the troops in and basically said, wipe them out. And that's really what happened. Yes, indeed. Uh, President Duterte has been known for taking a hard line in, on a number of issues, of course. Uh, he's also... It appears conducted a campaign against uh, drug dealers in the northern Philippines and many drug dealers have turned up, uh, uh, they've been killed and their bodies found in the streets. Um, so Duterte do- doesn't, he doesn't muck about and um, 
so he sent in the troops to deal with the Marawi city uh, situation, but it, it was uh, a difficult campaign. Uh, lots of people were killed. Uh, the, the, the Marawi city radical Islamists who were involved, they were, they were strong. They were led by clearly charismatic leaders who were determined to fight to the death, and that's exactly what they did. So it took a while to stamp out. Uh, we'd have to say that there is a broader context in that um, the southern Philippines has literally for centuries been a, a lawless and fairly wild region that's been very difficult uh, to govern from the north, initially by the Spanish during the colonial period, then by the Americans and what, since 1946 by the Philippine independent Philippine government itself. So this represents really... I suppose the latest episode in uh, a, num- a long-running set of uh, issues that have plagued the southern Philippines, uh, which is quite a lawless area. Peter, from what I'm aware, the government there is working on something of a peace deal in this, as you describe, a predominantly Muslim region. And the plan is to give them more autonomy. Is this something of a result, do you think, of the fact that there were these ISIL militants asserting their strength and, uh, and, and causing havoc in that particular region? And now there's an outcome that may actually give this part of the Philippines more autonomy? Well, there, there have been several um, attempts at, ga- at granting some measure of autonomy. Going right back into the 1980s, uh, really, the, go- the government of the Philippines has had uh, negotiations with different Muslim groups who've sought different measures of autonomy, and uh, they've tried a number of different formulas. And each time that one Muslim group of insurgents commences negotiations with the Philippine government. Another group of uh, Muslim radicals reject those discussions, saying that those in, the Muslims involved in discussions are selling out the side, and so you have a flare-up of, of, of insurgency. So the the discussions with the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, um, which has been about uh, granting a measure of autonomy in Mindanao, um, has been parallel with these problems. So the, the, the Islamic State group, who they, they have rejected the discussions from the very outset and they, theirs is a much more violent response to, to the Philippine government while some of their fellow Muslims are negotiating with the Philippine government. Peter, what are your thoughts on the heavy-handed tactics of uh, President Duterte? Uh, is it heavy-handed tactics that are the only way to deal with an uprising of, of this sort of militancy? Uh, ought there have been some other diplomatic means used? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, here's the dilemma, of course. Um, where possible, peace, peaceful methods should prevail and should be used. And um, I think every every Christian would want to follow the example of Christ uh, in in uh, in that um, kind of response, a peaceful response wherever possible. However, we've seen with uh, with the Islamic State in its different manifestations, whether it be in Syria, Iraq, or whether it be in the southern Philippines, or whether it be the Islamic State group in Eastern Libya, that they are not open to negotiate. Negotiations. Um, they do conduct reigns of terror. They take part in beheadings and uh, all different kinds of atrocities, and they're not open to negotiation in any sincere kind of way. Now, under such circumstances, there is a time for military action, and military action has been taken in those different areas. Now, the military action should be constrained, it should be appropriate. 
and uh, I think that the government of the Philippines is probably not a shining light in terms of using restraint in the way they go about the task. Nevertheless, to and to consider that uh, one can, with a group like Islamic State, negotiate a satisfactory outcome for all concerned is, is really um, unrealistic. I imagine, though, that ordinary Filipinos who are not in that Marawi area and recognising that there's been an uprising, uh, that they probably would celebrate the heavy-handedness of their president, somehow or other with his heavy-handed tactics, whether it be with drug dealers or whether it be with the rise up of, of Islamic fighters, that somehow or other his popularity seems to increase. How do you read that situation there in the Philippines? Oh, look, I think that's that's right, Neil. Um, Duterte is a, a man of clear policy. There's no doubt about that. The Philippines has had a, a long problem with uh, with drugs. Um, it's uh, it's uh, uh, In many ways, it's a lawless land. It's got the same kind of problems with uh, firearms that the United States has. Um, so um, Duterte is very clear and swift and fairly violent response to the different challenges has won him a lot of popularity. There's no doubt about it. Um, so and that's the challenge, of course, for for all leaders when they're faced by uh, chaotic situations to strike the right balance between um, responding, using force in a response, but using force in a proportional manner. Duterte probably goes a bit beyond the pale, but there's no doubt about it. He's, uh, he's, he's gained popularity in the process, and he has solved the he has solved the Marawi city problem for now. And um, the the drug situation is being addressed. There's no doubt about it. And of course, working on that peace deal that we mentioned, uh, I guess now that he has shown a heavy-handed tactic in controlling uh, the violence that can come from uh, those Islamic uh, uprisings, uh, now he gives an opportunity for a peaceful reconciliation in some sense. Is is that the way you'd talk about it with that community? Uh, reconciliation? Is that the way it works? Yes. Look, in Marawi City, there does need to be reconciliation, clearly. The, the island of Mindanao, where Marawi City is located, is not um, exclusively Muslim by any means. There are significant Christian populations as well, so it's very much a mixed population across the island. And so there does need to be bridge building between the two, and there are many groups, both Christian and Muslim, involved in, in bridge building. The um, taking of Marawi City by the Islamic militants was a was a, a huge challenge and it needed to be solved and the Philippines government has has solved that so now now that the violence has hopefully finished there, there there needs to be and there will be a lot of reconciliation activities undertaken and from what i understand too peter something in the vicinity of a billion dollar bill to rebuild the city of marawi uh, there was considerable damage there and uh, likely to take years to get things back to normal Oh, yes, indeed. The Philippines is not a, a wealthy country. Uh, it will need significant outside assistance and it will receive qu- quite a bit of assistance, no doubt, from international groups, especially from the United States, which was the former colonising power. Um, but the damage is, 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 uh, in, is astounding. It's, it's incredible, just as we have seen with the Islamic State um, in Syria and Iraq. They, they don't... They don't go quietly. Uh, the destruction is enormous in, in, in all of those countries, actually. So it's going to cost a lot, both in terms of financial um, costs, but also just in terms of infrastructure. And the human cost has been huge as well.
And Peter, just before we conclude this conversation, we from Australia had some influence. As I understand it, we sent some police to support the law and order situation there in the Philippines. Uh, is this something that many nations around the Philippines have done to support what's happening there because of the concern of the spread of this militancy of Islam? Yes, indeed. Um, the, the, the crisis that erupted in Marawi City was of concern to both far and near. The Philippines is a member state of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, and uh, all of those nations were were very concerned by the and continue to be concerned by the rise of Islamic militancy in the southern Philippines. So they are assisting in as much as they can, um, and um, they're very closely watching the situation that so that the Islamic radicalism, which is flourishing in some parts of the southern Philippines, doesn't overflow into northern Malaysia and parts of Indonesia so forth. It's a, it is a concern and the, the nations of the region are they're pulling together to help the Philippines address it. Well Peter, always appreciate your insights. Dr Peter Riddell, an expert on Islam and specialises in the Southeast Asian context he's presently Vice Principal Academic at the Melbourne School of Theology and is widely published on Christian Muslim relations. Peter, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you Neil, it's a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.